He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. The number one show at 5 o'clock. And you tune in to this 5 o'clock show to find out what the heck is happening and this is a TriCast, WABC Radio, 770 on your dial, 970 AM, The Answer, and WLIR in Long Island. And in the studio, we have two tough Republicans. We have, uh, and, but common sense, well, I don't know about Tony Carbonetti, but uh, <laughs> Craig Eaton, uh, and uh, 10 years GOP chairman of Brooklyn and a, a fine attorney. How are you, Craig? John, doing great tonight, John. And Tony Carbonetti, former chief of staff. We'll call him Chief uh, of Rudy Giuliani. How Tony, you doing, John? you're one tough guy. And one, we have a common sense, uh, middle of the road Democrat in, in the room that's tough enough to take on both of them. We have Anthony Weiner. Anthony, welcome to the crowd. It's so nice to be with you guys. You, ha- you need at least two Anthonys on this show at any one time. I think that should be the rule. And, John, we did put him in between and the Tony star, and I. Wait, we did wait, put him wait, between and us. the star of the, that last Sharknado movie. <laughs> Sharknado 3. Yep. Well, yeah. he's got yeah, a great podcast. That. You were the NASA director or something? I was in the NASA director because the, the theme of that one is the sharks were not off the coast of Rockaway like they are today. They were coming from out of space. Rockaway. Tell us about Rockaway. The Rockaway. beaches, they're shut down. They're shut the, down. Rockaway they're shut, shut down, down for down. the immediate future, but the, board, the boardwalk is open. So, Well, the sharks can't get up that high. The land, but it, yeah. in Sharknado, the they did. They, fly, they flew, right? They in Sharknado. In Sharknado. Well, the, apparently they've issued summonses to the sharks that, flew, that, that, that swam up to Rockaway today. They rarely pay them. I don't know, Carbonetti, if this was a problem in your administration, but the sharks, when you give them the summonses, for some reason they're not paying them. But they don't show up to court. They either. don't. They really don't. And they hire shark lawyers to get them out from under. It's really a. Or maybe abuse. they're pretending to be arrested like AOC. We you got know, a great my, my show. My daughter for- right now is in Spring Lake, New Jersey. She's a lifeguard on the beach. I had to call my wife and say there's sharks. And she goes, there's sharks all over the ocean. What do you want me to do? Yeah, the Jersey Shore has sharks now, <laughs> you have too. Yeah, a tough uh, wife yeah. there. Uh, and my sidekick, Lydia Serrani, who do we have on today? We got uh, quite a few sharks of our own. We have uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz. We'll be speaking to him, a constitutional scholar. Kathy Weil, partnership for the New York City Alliance. There's some breaking news there. Go- former Governor P- George Pataki, Vito Fasello, Staten Island Borough President, and Joe Ithier. He'll be talking to us about the Hispanic and, and, vote. And who, who knows who else, who else is going to be talking? Possibly. So let's go over to Professor Dershowitz, constitutional scholar, just a couple of decades at Harvard. His latest book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Professor Zershowitz. I am happy to be shark number one on your show. (laughs) I promise I won't bite. Well, you know, uh, Anthony gets a residual every time that you watch that Sharknado movie. Uh, Well, I get a residual every time you read my book, The Price of Principle, although I give it to charity. So please read my book. Professor Dershowitz, one of the big topics we wanted to talk about, the Secret Service, they deleted some texts. The January 6th committee wanted to see them. Tell us about the ramifications behind all that. Well, nobody should be deleting texts. I mean, obviously, history has a claim on what happened. Um, If you don't want texts to be shown, you have to go to court and seek a protective order or seek to destroy them or have them classified. But I don't think any agency of government should be allowed to permanently destroy uh, government records, uh, whether it be 
the allegations made against Hillary Clinton a long time ago or allegations uh, made currently against the Secret Service. Nothing should ever be destroyed. History, archives, they have to be preserved. Alan, is there not a Record Protection uh, Act that, that covers yeah. the Secret Service? It does. Well, preserv- now, I'm sorry, Record Preservation Act. Right, but there are exceptions. Um, not to uh, preservation and destruction, but to disclosure. I mean, you know, for example, the world is waiting eagerly to hear the tapes that allegedly uh, were taken of Martin Luther King. They don't come out until, I think, 2028 or something like that. But they're preserved, and they're not mm-hmm. going to disappear. And they may shed a new light on this great man. They're not going to disappear. Uh, Get back to me in 2028. Let's see if they're there. Yeah, yeah I'm still yeah. worried. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the rest of the Warren Commission. Uh, you know, as Woody Allen put it, he's waiting for the nonfiction version of the, <laughs> the, uh, the Warren Commission, right? You know, I was asked to serve on that commission, not as a commissioner, but as a law. I was just finished my clerkship on the Supreme Court, and Earl Warren was the chief justice. And he asked about four or five of us if we would be willing to serve on the commission. And Arthur Goldberg said to me, Alan, don't go near that commission. They already know what their result is going to be. They have no choice. They have to conclude it was a single assailant because otherwise we'll be at war with the Soviet Union. This is not a commission you want to get near, and I stayed away from it. Was it the Soviet Union or Castro? Or who knows who well, it was? That, who knows? But the, the, whatever it was, we know that the Warren Commission, because Warren was a great patriot, was going to do what was best for America, not, was be, not what was best for the truth. And the two aren't always the same. Uh, you know, what was best for America was to stay out of any conflict with the Soviet Union. I don't think that to this day, I don't know whether Castro or or the Soviet Union had anything to do with it. Very likely not. Do you know why uh, President Trump decided not to release that the latest uh, the the Warren report uh, uh, when he was president? Yeah, you know, I've often wondered about that, and I've often wondered by heads of the CIA, and I've known some of them over the years. Um, It was because when a person becomes, or did you peek? Did you look at it? (laughs) The reason was, and you'll find out someday, one of the persons that was possibly responsible, possibly responsible, was still alive. Hmm. Really? Yes. Interesting. Wow! Wow! Professor Dershowitz. Oh. I was yeah. going to go on um, to switch topics. So, Steve Bannon, yeah, what's sure. the latest with Steve Bannon? And then another part two of the question, those two Secret Service agents that said they would dispute Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony. You know, that Mark Meadows aide that said that he Trump lunged at the wheel. Whatever happened with that? We were talking about it. Did 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 they ever actually find out that if she was lying or not or what happened? Well, first of all, you shouldn't believe what she said because it's double hearsay. And any good lawyer, any good prosecutor first puts on the people who are eyewitnesses and air witnesses and then puts on the triple hearsay witness as corroboration. So I'm waiting also to hear whether or not there was whether they'll testify. As far as the Bannon case is concerned, he, he, he better be thinking about a good appellate lawyer because I don't think the chances of getting a fair trial in the District of Columbia today if you were a Trump associate is particularly high. Anthony Weiner has a uh, comment on that. Professor Dersowicz, is there any question in your mind that, that Vice President Pence had no choice but to certify the election? 
I think that's right. I don't think under the Constitution, under the 12th Amendment, he counts the votes. Counts the votes. That's yeah. what he does. And I don't think he had discretion Doesn't opine. to His, his was a ministerial position at that point. He yeah, had to just count the I, votes and render, a, render the given bad, record. Yeah. I think Trump was given bad information because this whole idea that Pence could overturn the election, we know that's constitutional. I, I know. Yeah, stop I, looking I, at me, Tony, because no, we know who Al gave Gore the bad saying, information. Hey, if I knew you could do that. I wouldn't have been there. Exactly. So, you know, the reason I was asked to do the second impeachment as well, and I turned it down, not because I thought that the president's speech on uh, January 6th was not constitutionally protected. I thought it was. I didn't want to be associated in any way with the claim that the election was stolen because I don't believe that. And that's why I turned down any involvement in the second impeachment on the first impeachment. I strongly believe that uh, impeaching somebody on the grounds of abusive power, obstruction of Congress, are unconstitutional. But, uh, you know, history will judge all these matters. And as you probably know, I'm suing CNN uh, for a lot of money that will go to charity because they totally distorted my argument. They claim that I said a president can do anything, even murder somebody or or commit crimes. And they know that they lied about that. And they're going to have to answer to a jury. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. Uh, I just want to go back to the thing we were covering before. The Federal Records Act covers that covers what the, sec- the Secret Service agents did here. And the Federal Records Act says that they must preserve records right. so that there's a complete and accurate history of governmental actions in the future. But there's something so, wrong. What no matter how many times you take your phone and delete it, mm-hmm. they would have to delete it all the way into the phone company. The server. Yeah. Anthony, what do you know about that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that if it was out there somewhere that they would be able to recover It's got to be yeah, there it, it somewhere. There's always, it is recoverable. You know, but it, I, I would just, recoverable it is recoverable if they really somewhere. wanted to. But, yeah, right. they the subpoena, wanted, somewhere just, they the subpoena just asked for documents you have handy. You know, but I, I would point out that if you want to find out what was going on, maybe Donald Trump should just say to everyone around him, go testify before the committee. Testify under oath. Say what happened. I mean, part of the problem is they're trying to reconstitute something from forensic evidence that human beings can tell us if they want us to. And all of them are saying they don't want to for fear of self-incrimination, which should tell you a little bit of something. And the I ones don't know that, about oh, that. I would testify if I had to testify. Well, yeah, the, and, and they're patriotic Americans who are. Yeah. Not all of them have claimed the Fifth Amendment. Many of them have claimed executive privilege. And the president freed uh, Navarro of executive privilege. So he's now indicated a willingness to testify. And the issue in the Bannon case, which he will lose in front of the jury but might win on appeal, is when the president tells you that you have to invoke executive privilege, do you have any alternative but to do that at least until a court makes a determination that you're not subject to executive privilege. In his case, of course, he was not working in the White House, as different from Navarro. And so his claim of executive privilege is weaker. Well, he he has another problem, Dr. Dershowitz. He has another problem. According to Trump's lawyers, Bannon was never told that. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's a bigger problem. Yeah, (laughs) no, of course. Uh, But, you know, even if you weren't told it, if I'm called in front of a committee, even if my and and asked to disclose lawyer client confidences, I don't wait for my client. I say no. And if the client wants to come in an affirmative way, then, of course, I'll testify. But you resolve all doubts against testifying because once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put it back. So you're much better off not testifying until and unless a court tells you to. And I think that will be Bannon's basic defense. And he'll lose it in front of this jury. Uh, You know, we're already seeing jurors are picked and a number of them that have been disqualified 
have said that they have opinions about this, that they made up their mind, and that's not surprising. Now, Professor Dershowitz, let's talk about Twitter. I was, what did you say, John? You saw it that it said Musk zero, Twitter one, because Musk wanted to delay the trial. He wants to do some more investigating about the bots, but uh, the judge said, no, we're going to have a speedy trial. They're going to start in October. Tell us what, exactly what is the ramifications that, behind all of this? That is totally nuts. Uh, I have two cases. I'm trying to sue a woman who has falsely accused me who I never knew. I can't get a trial. It's been two years, and I can't get a trial. I'm dying to have this trial tomorrow because I want to put her on the witness stand and, and cross-examine her, and I want to get on the witness stand. I can't get a trial. It's hard to get a trial in two years today in America, and they want this complicated case to go to trial in a couple of months. I've never heard of anything. Well, like I, you I should try a tr- lawyer in the country. Try being a corporation a in Delaware, then. Pressure, Dershowitz. That's what Delaware. That's what Delaware courts do. I they move fast, and this you, is why they incorporate there. I have argued cases all over the world. I have never, ever argued in a more corrupt case, including the Soviet Union and including China, than the state of Delaware. Ever. <laughs> oh my God! I lost they the case are there too. Corrupt up to the hilt. Yeah, I lost the case. I bid. I bid. Yeah. Uh, we, we were buying. We we're trying to buy uh, Getty Petroleum, and Luke Oil bid five dollars a share. I bid six dollars a share, all cash, and Getty picked Luke Oil. Mm. Yeah. that's interesting. Well, you know, no. Why, why discretion ever, ever in Delaware? Really? No, no company should ever incorporate in in Delaware. Today, you can incorporate in Nevada and get all the same benefits. And the Nevada legal system is far better. I've argued in both states. The Nevada legal system is far better and far more trustworthy. What about the, the what, Delaware? The, system. What about their tax situation? Everyone everyone goes to Delaware because of the, the benefits from the taxes. Yeah, but I think Nevada is trying to do some of the same thing. I, I'm not a corporate lawyer, so I'm not familiar yeah. with that. All I can tell you is, having argued in Delaware, boy, that's not an experience you ever want to replicate whether you're a lawyer or a client. It's just, you know, it just doesn't seem right when you argue there. Everybody knows each other. Yeah. But they get what's called home cooking. If you have to hire the right lawyer and you get home you have to, You have to, and those judges, I, I won't mention the law firms I dealt with in, in Delaware. There were New York, Delaware, there were New York law firms, but are. Delaware, you know who they, they are. are, the big Delaware, three. Of course. The big of three. Course. Those judges were going to go whatever is good for them because when their term is up 10 years from now, they're going to go to work for one of those law firms. <laughs> Boy, did you hit it on the head. You are 100% <laughs> right. That's exactly been my experience. Yes. Well, we got a minute left. Anything else you want to say to the American people? Yeah. I mean, this case involving this poor guy who was attacked and uh, stabbed his assailant. Jose Alba. Yeah, I just don't think that he ought to be in the criminal justice system. Well, at the all. breaking I mean, news this afternoon is, is he's out. Well, the so charges have been dropped. The murder charges dropped against him. And so we'll be talking about that more right after we get off with you. I hope so. I hope so. I was definitely sympathetic to his position. And what are you expected to do when somebody comes at you like that? So. Uh, look, one more thing, if we have 30 seconds. A guy writes me a letter the other day and says he was on the beach reading my book. And he came over and somebody said, what are you reading that book for? And he says, well, I like the author. And the guy punched him in the mouth and sent him to the hospital. Oh, for my reading God. my book, 
for reading my book, you get The Price of Principle. That's your book, right? The Price of Principle. Go get it, and we promise you won't get punched in the face. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Professor Dershowitz, and uh, come back anytime. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. Keep Let's it. Take a break, and we're, we're going to yeah. speak to Kathy Wild. We're going to talk about what happened with the bodega worker, George Pataki, Governor Pataki, Vito Fasella, Joe Ithier. Keep it right here, cats at night.